Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our brand new series entitled Gifted. I know you're going to be blessed. I want you to do me a favor to take out your notepad, your Bibles, do a watch party, call whoever you need to call. If you have teenage children, if you have um, children or young adult children that are in university, uh, if you have educating uh, educators that are your friends, and if you're an educator, if you're a supervisor, if you own your own business, if you work with people, period, uh, that makes just about everybody. And if you are a believer in your journey, you're a new Christian or you may even be a veteran and you're trying to identify areas of giftedness, things that God has given you and how to connect the dots to get it from a point of potential to an actual manifestation of those gifts, then this series is for you. I'm going to be reading three particular scriptures. I'm going to braid it together. And my topic today is the treasure, the treasure. This is going to be a multi-series and so we want to make sure that from start to finish, you are fully engaged. I promise you, this is going to be life-altering, life-changing, and is going to change the entire trajectory of your destiny. Psalm 68, 18 to 19, thou has ascended on high, thou has led captivity captive, thou has received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also. So it's not just for believers. We know that it's for non-believers. You receive gift for man or gifts for mankind that the Lord might dwell amongst them. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Second Corinthians four and seven says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Ruth three, nine to 10 is the third strand of this braid. It says then Noah, her mother-in-law said unto her, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou was. Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man until he had, had, shall have eaten and drinken. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay, and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And he said unto her, and she said unto her, all that thou saith unto me, I will do. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of the corn and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, who art thou? And she said, I'm Ruth, thy handmaiden. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaiden for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in thy in the latter end than at the beginning, and as much as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Blessed art thou 
of the Lord, my daughter. When it, when it comes to giftedness, we know that according to scripture, all of us have gifts. We may not recognize it. We may not utilize it, but we're all gifted. And we're gifted because God places a piece of himself in us. The scripture says that we have this treasure. This is a piece of God in us. And you have to understand that these gifts come from God. And so they are maintained by God. And God knows the right environment to place you in to pull those giftings out. Here we are introduced to the story of Ruth having a conversation with two individuals, her mentor mother-in-law by the name of Naomi and her boss, uh, her boss, Boaz. Each one of them are assigned by God to contribute to her destiny. In other words, they're destiny helpers. And in this season, I'm praying that this series will help you in your destiny. And today I am positioning myself to be a destiny helper to you. When Boaz asked Ruth who she was, she quickly responded, I am Ruth, thy handmaiden. And her answer is pregnant with revelation. She quickly uh, distinguished herself between who she was and what she was currently doing. I am Ruth. In other words, she understood the power of a brand. And it was all about establishing herself as a brand that was different from all of the others that were gleaning in this particular field with her. When she identified herself by name, she was saying, I am who I am. She communicated confidence in who she was and who she understood herself to be. And a lot of times we find that people identify themselves based on where they were born, the current socioeconomic state, state that they're in, a title, a position, and we propped ourselves up with external things. But to live authentically simply means that you're not defined by the current set of circumstances that you are in, the circumstances you were born into, or a title or a job, whether you're at an entry level, whether you're mid-management, whether you're CEO, whether you own the company or not, it does not make a difference in the eyes of God. And we're going to find that out because each one of us are gifted to do something specific. But back to uh, 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 Ruth. Ruth identified herself. I am a Ruth. And in uh, other words, she was saying, I am who I am. And when she communicated that, that with confidence, then we understand why it was that God is able to do the exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. It's according to the power that works in us, not just the anointing, but everything the anointing is attached to your purpose, your identity. And, and since we're talking about giftings, your giftings as well, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And when she released her name, her name represented everything that she was, the meaning of which emanated from her soul. It represented her image. It represented her character. It represented her reputation, her habits, her beliefs, her ideologies, her 
customs, her traditions, her heritage, her values. When she said, my name is Ruth, it was declaring that this person has expectations and dreams and potential and purpose and a temperament and personality. She also had a personal brand and a leadership style and a communication style. She had her own life strategies and memories and experience and education. She had dreams. She had an aptitude. She had an intelligence. She had knowledge. She had skill. She had power. She had capabilities. She had superpowers. She had intellectual giftedness. She had potential. She had goals. She had visions. And most of all, she had giftings. And a lot of times we, when we meet people, we don't see that this person is full of treasures. I think if we saw each individual as loaded up with benefits, things that will benefit their lives, things that will benefit their community, things that will benefit their ministry, things that will benefit their country, things that will benefit their own personal life relative to relationship, finances, wealth building. Who she was was beneficial to this universe. And I want to start off by saying that God has loaded you with benefits so that you can be a value-added individual within your home, within your community, within your nation, that you are more than just a beautiful face or a handsome face. Face, You are more than just bioelectrical and bio uh, uh, um, charges, bioelectrical and, and neurological charges. You're more than that. You're more than biochemical uh, responses that we call feelings and emotions. You are more than that. When Ruth called her name. She was alluding to the things that we usually don't see. She was alluding to her character, her aptitude, her attitude, her perception, everything that represented her, her persona, her image, and, you know, things that were driving how she communicated, what she did, how she responded to crisis, how she, she thought every single day. And these colored who she became. It colored her perception. It colored her worldview. It colored her place in the marketplace. It colored it. And this had a bearing on how far she would progress within her field, what opportunities presented themselves and how she capitalized on it. It was all a part of the plans and the purposes of God. Ruth was her name and it would be a name that was never forgotten. I decree and declare that your name is going to be a name that will never be forgotten. And so when we, when she said, my name is Ruth, it means that she was branding herself. She was her own brand and a brand is an image and the emotional attachment to that image. When uh, someone thinks of your name, Ruth, Ruth was this remarkable woman. She was a woman of virtue. She was a woman of strength. She was a woman of character. She was a woman that had personal grit. She 
was a woman of purpose. She was a woman of skill. She was a woman of fortitude. She was a woman of courage. She was a hardworking woman. She was a no-nonsense woman so that when someone called her name, there was this image that was conjured up. Amongst all those things, Ruth was gifted. Now, when we read the scriptures, we read a Bible that is filled with these amazing narratives of men and women, men and women that we admire, and their lives dominate this two-volume chronicle that God has given us for us to study. And when we read the biographies of these great men and women of the Bible, their stories are clustered around the, the, the rise and fall of empires, the creation of histories, uh, they, they, they are clustered around movements and crises and opportunities. And one of the things that Eugene H. Patterson, the author of the message said, he said, and I quote, their lives become seminal for us at the moment we realize that our ego bound experience is too small a context in which to understand and experience what it means to believe in God and to follow his ways. We must re connect our lives, our destiny, our hope, and our future to him, and not to the prevailing cultures of this world, nor the dominance of the status quo in order for us to discover our identity, who we really were created to be, to do, to achieve, and to accomplish, quote unquote. And so uh, Ephesians 2 and 10 comes to mind. The Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. And if God has preordained a specific path for you to take, a specific work for you to do, don't you realize by now he would have given you the gifts in order to perform it. And so we have to converse with, with, with God so that we can gain a complete understanding of who we are, the gifts and the talents that he has given us so that we can truly discover what it means to be a Christian and also to discover the tools and the principles and the resources that he provides for us so that we can successfully walk out our Christian faith. If we want a life um, other than mere biological, uh, biological driving forces or even the force of the fallen nature where we are kind of like held hostage by appetites and addictions and controlled by AI and algorithm and, and uh, advertisement. If, 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 if we want a life beyond that, if you don't unravel your life from the prevailing culture, at, at its best, the only thing that you're going to contribute to is statistics and demographics rather than having a testimony of the power of God that is put on display so that you as an influencer will influence others. Uh, they, you will influence others with, with, with the God or, or by trusting the God that you serve, trusting that God is sovereign, that God is omniscient, that God is providential, that, that his principles work and his wisdom is still made available to each one of us. And I've concluded that there is no 
other alternative way to live than to live based on my relationship with God. So that means that once you disconnect from the prevailing culture and you connect with the culture of our kingdom, and when we pray, our thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we're not talking and praying a prayer that is futuristic. We're praying a prayer that is present, active, continuous. And so that means that right now your kingdom comes and tomorrow your kingdom comes. Wherever you are, the kingdom is at hand. That lets me know that you nor I have to fit into this prefabricated social, cultural, psychological, or religious box before we are admitted to the company of greatness. For it is about, after all, not only us being a part of history, but using our gifts to make history. And after all, it is not just history making, but it's his story in the making. So nothing about our lives catches God off guard. Not how we were born, where we end up, who we marry, nothing catches God off guard. He is the all-knowing God who makes all things work together for our good. He is the one who gave you the role you would play in the unfolding of his story, in the unfolding of his plan. And his plan is awesome. He has a plan to prosper humanity. He has a plan to save humanity. He has a plan to heal humanity. He has a plan to bless humanity. And guess what? We are a part of the unfolding of the plan of God in this generation. There is no other generation that we're called to live in. And so you might as well get out of the bleach and begin to play full out. He is the one that has determined everything about you. When, when, when Ruth said, my name is Ruth, she was communicating everything about herself with confidence. And this is a season that God is going to give you an extra dose of confidence. You are no longer going to be giving away your personal power. This is a season where you're going to take your personal power back. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Don't be upset because your your vessel might be chipped. It might be cracked, but it's not the vessel that gives value in the marketplace or gives you value in your relationship or gives you value in your ministry. It is what the vessel is carrying that makes you uh, 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 just uh, valuable in the bigger scheme of things. It is about who you are. And you've got to understand that when God created you, he divinely and sovereignly caused 23 chromosomes from your mother to collide with 23 chromosomes from your father. And then he intricately fashioned and formed you to be the original. You are not half of your father and half of your mother, but you are 100% you. You are not an accident. You are not a coincidence. Your father may not have wanted you. Your mother may not have expected you, but you were born in the fullness of time and you have talents, you have gifts, and you are going to make a difference in this world. You are purpose born and the only one best qualified to be you is to be you. You've got to tell everybody you do you, I'm going to do me because if you are not doing you, who is going to take your place if everyone else is doing themselves? Ruth. Ruth, Ruth was gifted 
And even though we are introduced to someone who was working on the fringes of society, someone who might have been relegated to uh, being poor, being marginalized, being underserved, being underrecognized, she worked on the fringes of society. She wasn't really even fully hired by Boaz, but she worked there. She was gleaning on this, uh, on, uh, or, you know, modern day living on social. Social security, Ruth. Ruth came from another country, so she was a double minority or a triple minority. She was from a, the country of Moab, number one. She was an immigrant, number two. She was a woman, number three. Let me throw a fourth one in there. She was not a non-Hebrew. She was not Jewish. And so she was like four things, you know, stacked up against her, but none of those things moved her. She moved with confidence because I think that she had or was in tune with the gifts that she had on board. One of the things that I recognize, she had the gift of strategy. She was gifted as a strategist. Number two, she was gifted as a businesswoman. Number three, she was gifted as an entrepreneur. And though she was relying on the handouts, though she was relying on social security, yet she did not mind working. And the field that she was working in, she would one day own, she would one day manage, she would one day send down to future generation as an inheritance because of the giftedness that God had given her. At first blush, she was only this poor immigrant worker working on the fringes of society, but hardship highlighted her gift. And here is a caveat for all of you. You may be going through hard times, but hard times does not have to harden your soul. You will be able to find out that hardship is God's divine ability to highlight your gift. Hardship highlights gifts. And so today, as we are talking, I want to introduce you to our new series entitled Gifted. When God created mankind, he gifted him with all things that pertain to his life to live godly. Why does a lecture on gifting really matter? It matters because a kingdom, a nation, a business, a ministry, an organization, and a community is only as powerful, progressive, innovative, prosperous, and successful as its gifted people. And I want you to understand this. This is vitally important. So what is giftedness all about? And I did some research because I wanted this first one to really be impactful, impactful academically, impactful spiritually, impactful professionally. And so there was a point in time when giftedness was associated with high academic abilities. Someone that had a high IQ, someone that had stellar performance in a diversity of genres, but today each definition covers a broad spect or a broader aspect of gifts, and there is no single definition on giftedness without exception. However, understanding giftedness is very important for those interested in maximizing their potential, those interested in really cultivating their children so that their children are maximizing their potential, those that are interested in engaging in the economic career and progress and success of their pre 
preschoolers, those that are interested in supporting educators, those that are homeschooling their children, because you will find out that there is a strong link between definition and identification and performance and impact and progress and growth and prosperity. And we all have to have a working definition. And so there are many terms that are used interchangeably, interchangeably and synonymously with the term gifts such as superior or brilliant or bright or creative or uber talented or academically smart or savant to the extent that using such words as highly competent in the workplace or highly gifted or profoundly talented or highly intelligent or, or even severely gifted for the purpose of indicating the levels of giftedness is often used. And we hear those kinds of statements as individuals are trying to explain how gifted a person is within their industry or within a school or a university. And we use those kinds of terminologies. So you could find all kinds of terminologies, but I've found out just from my research and my preparation of this message that they are all fluid concepts and they may uh, appear to be a little different uh, across cultures and contexts. But for those of you that are parents and those of you that are educators, it is important, it is critical, it is crucial to be able to identify children who demonstrate even greater capacity than the norm in terms of performance or who appear to have potential uh, to, to, to do so. The problem, though, with this is that we, fa that, that, that we, we, we face, especially today, is, is having an eye beyond what is measurable, having an eye on those that are late bloomers or those that have delay in their development or those that are not functioning to their fullest capacity. They have potential, but, 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 but because the they, they are not in their element or they're not in the proper environment to develop it. They don't have destiny helpers. They don't have mother-in-law mentors. And I'm using that as a, a figure of speech. They don't have a Boaz. They don't have a Samuel. They don't have someone that says and speaks to their potential and speaks to their giftings. And there is, even when we deal with this from an academic perspective, we, another wrench is thrown into the discussion because you have some kids that are hungry and they're stressed out because of their home environment and the stressors and the myriad of other factors that, that shroud their gifts and their potential. And one of the things I've learned, I've learned not to judge the book by its cover. The scripture says we have this, this treasure in earthen vessel. And I remember the story of Samuel where God is sending in him, him in to look for the next gifted leader, but he was seduced by the outward appearance until God cautioned him. And you can read about this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And if you can turn there with me, please, it says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as man seeth 
for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh at the heart. He looks at your soul, that the soul is the seat of your 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 uh, consciousness. It houses your will, your 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 emotions, your mind. It houses your gifts, your talents, and God is the one that is able to expose prophetically what we are on. We are not able to identify and see naturally. There are so many things about people that shrouds who they really are. Sometimes we are looking at how they dress or how they speak or where they're from or the color of their skin or their ethnicity. And some of us have missed treasures, people that are filled with gifts and talents that can advance our initiative, that can help us in our businesses. And we judge, we judge because someone failed at science or someone bismally did not pass, uh, graduate from high school, or we, we judge based on a, a rap sheet, or we judge based on whether they went to prison or not. Just imagine um, uh, 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 Gandhi or, or, or Martin Luther King or, 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 or um, Mandela. All of them uh, came from out of prison. All of them went to prison. And imagine if the whole world had shot their back or, or shot um, their eyes to them and turn their back to them because they judge. They judge them by a rap sheet. They judge them by an IQ test. Can you imagine how poor this world would have been because we would have been missing the wonderful gift that God had placed on the inside of them? And so when we talk about gifted, Sometimes gifts cannot be measured. They can only be displayed. And it's up to us to begin to speak into our children. And especially when we know that many children are being tested today and some are being relegated to being special ed or some are being relegated as being uh, uneducable. And this was said of Albert Einstein. He was sent home and his mother was encouraged uh, to keep him home because he was uneducable. They took something that was man's measurement to determine whether or not he was gifted enough in order for him to pursue an academic career. This one practice, whether you're a teacher or a minister or a youth worker, whether you're an employee, whether you're a mother or supervisor, if you stop looking with your natural eye and begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, give you insight to, as to the giftings, as to the potential of an individual. And this would enable us to cater for individual needs so that they can thrive and that they can maximize their potential and, and, and they can bring forth their giftedness so that they can be a blessing to this world. And if we engage in this, I believe that we would see uh, more world problems change because, you know, these individuals who might have been cast aside and, and, and their gifts lying dormant where we would be co continuously praying, Lord, uh, uh, bring intervention and help us and help us to succeed. I believe it is all about the environment that you're in. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But when we talk about giftedness, and I want to stay here and just sit here and unpack this for a moment. The National Association for Gifted Children, the NAGC, has stated that gifted 
Or giftedness may manifest in one or more domains such as intellect, creativity, artistic, leadership, things like that, or in a specific academic field such as language art, mathematics, or science. So you might see a gifted individual that may be just focusing on one area or they may be multi-gifted and it may be a, a displayed on, more, on many levels. So when we talk about giftedness, academically speaking, gifted individuals are defined as, and I quote, those who demonstrate outstanding levels of aptitudes defined as an exceptional ability to reason and to learn or competence that means documented performance or achievement in the top 10 or even rarer in one or more domains. Domains include any structured area of activity with its own symbol sim sim system, like mathematics, music, language, or a set of sensory motor skills such as painting, dancing, and sports, unquote. So briefly, giftedness from that perspective is, is broader and more varied than just a definition in terms of scores on an intelligence test like an IQ or the intelligence quotient derived from standardized intelligence tests. But in general terms, focuses on performance as the key attribute in defining giftedness. So a gifted person is what you do and how you perform. And this is how oftentimes academically is measured. I want to dig a little deeper. So intelligence. Intelligence is seen to be fun, the fundamental aspect in the defining of giftedness. So what does that mean? It influences the abilities, the talents, and the personality uh, that is demonstrated by an individual. So in other words, if we're talking about being gifted, uh, you're also, you also have some intelligence. And for the believer, that makes us all intelligent. Why? Because we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You have access to every gift of the spirit and it will compensate for what we may not naturally possess in terms of gifts. So we've got this compensatory um, aspect and component of Christianity. And so let us, in spite of everything that I've said academically, what gifted means, let's establish once and for all, we are all gifted. Now that word gift, two words. One is this Hebrew word matana, which means gift. And the Greek word is doma. In Ephesians 4 and 8, it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto man, which is different from Psalm 68. Psalm 68 says he secured the gifts. And then Ephesians 4 and 8 says he gave the gifts unto man. So a gift, therefore, is something that is bestowed upon you, something that you did not pay for. It means that it's a bonus ad. So God gave you character. He gave you personality. He gave you the ability to think. And then his value-added proposition was these gifts. That means that automatically we have something to take to the marketplace. And it is our responsibility to begin to pray, 
to begin to ask God, God, what area am I gifted in? And how should I present my gifts in ministry to this world? How are you going to use me? And to me, you've got the rest of your life to discover it. Because I have a sneaky feeling that many of you are multi-gifted and multi-talented. You are left brain, you are right brain, and, and anything in between brain, but you are multi-talented and multi-gifted, but your gift is this award, it's this endowment. It is the thing given by one person to another without payment. And I love that because you don't have to pay for the gifts that God gives you, but if God gives it to you as a gift, you have to care for it. You have to develop it. You've got to cultivate it because in this way, you are giving God praise. You are saying thank you to God. So your gifts is what God gives to you. And then refining that gift and presenting it to the world so that you not only are a part of the unfolding of God's plan for humanity, but also you're going to find out how this one gift is not only to benefit others, it's going to benefit you too. So a gift is a gift that is willingly given. And I've discovered this about gifts. There are some people who may be given a gift, but they may not accept it. And this is where you get into insecurity. The conversation that God had with Jeremiah. Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I've ordained you to be a prophet whom me, a me, I'm just a child. In other words, being just a child was another way of putting himself down. And what I want you to do is stop putting yourself down. And it's time for you to have confidence, confidence in God, confidence who God has called you to be. I'll give you another example. The gifted emancipator, lawyer, the gifted, the gifted, the talented, the intelligent, Moses himself. And he said, God, you're sending me in to do what? To be a deliverer, to be an emancipator. I can't talk. You don't think that God already knows what you can do. And there are so many people that are focusing on what they can't do that is blinding them to what they can do. That what there is blinding them to what they're gifted to do. I remember the story of Colonel Saunders and Colonel Saunders was adopted. And so his adoptive parents adopted him and then he uh, did poorly academically in school. He was sent to different private uh, schools and he, he got, um, you know, uh, not discharged, but he was not accepted in schools any longer. So he joined the military. He got discharged from the military. He got married young. His wife divorced him. Um, he worked uh, and he retired. And after he retired, he decided, well, I'm just going to run for an office. And of course, he failed dismally at that. And, you know, he tried his hands at business. And then finally, unemployed, uh, you know, nowhere to go, living again in, in almost in poverty, but living on his social security, he decided to invite the one friend that he had, invite this friend over 
and uh, cooked him a chicken meal. And the friend loved it, and he cooked it again, and the friend loved it. And he said, hey, you need to do something with this. And he shopped and shopped and shot it, shopped it, and he had so many rejections. But today, all over the world, there's Colonel Saunders. And it took him, it took him until he was after 72 to find out that he was gifted at frying chicken. Never allow what you can do. You can talk, but what can you do? You, you, you can bake cookies, but maybe you could bake chicken. Maybe that's your area of giftedness. All of us are gifted. And this is something that God gives you as a gift, but it's also your value add. The, 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 the thing about a gift is it is divinely designed. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at GlobalPropheticCenter.com. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to SchoolOfTheSpirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. For an individual, and that individual is divinely assigned or divinely designed for the gift. And so when we talk about a gift, we're talking about your talent, your flair, your aptitude, your, your, your knack, uh, something that you're good at, uh, your ability, your expertise, your capacity, your capability, your faculty. All of these are words uh, that are thrown around. I love this word, endowment. You've been endowed with this. Also, we, we have strengths. We, we have strengths tests. 
um, your genius, your brilliant, your artist, artistry, your skill. These are all the areas of your giftedness. So when we talk about giftedness, we are talking about not just what is natural and that was given to you by God, but also we have to throw in another layer and we have to throw in the layer of spiritual gifts. First Corinthians 12 and four says that there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Therefore, giftedness is that precious endowment of the pure potentiality, outstanding abilities, genius, and mastermind of God, which allows a person to interact with their environment or the ability to surmount environments with remarkable high levels of achievement and creativity because of the presence and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So I know that's a mouthful, and I'll say it one more time. Giftedness, spiritually speaking now, and this is my definition, giftedness is that precious endowment of the pure potentiality, outstanding ability, genius, and mastermind of God, which allows a person to interact with the environment or the ability to surmount environments with remarkably high levels of achievement and creativity because of the presence and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who additionally empowers them to make a difference in this world. That's my definition of giftedness. It's all about you making a difference in this world. You can make a difference even in your own life, your destiny, in your ministry. You can make a difference in your business. You can make a difference in your family. You can make a difference in your community. You can make a difference in government. You can make difference in the educational system. You can make a difference as a scientist, as a doctor, as a lawyer. And this is to enrich the world. This is to um, contribute to the unfolding of the plan of God within your generation, within your lifetime. It's all about you being a difference maker. So that's what giftedness is all about. We often hear statements such as she's a born artist or he's a natural talent, or um, you can hear people who talk about people that we admire they, they say, well, this didn't come easy to me. I had to learn the hard way. Or we hear people being called a, a self-made millionaire or self-made this or self-made that. But it's all about the presence of God. It's all about God using an individual. And at the end of the day, he wants all of us to point heavenward. If it was not for the Lord on my side, I would not have been. And this is a sign of meekness. If you know that you didn't give yourself the gift, they, then blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In other words, opportunities will avail themselves to you if you remain humble, especially if you're really uber gifted and you remain humble with that, then God will allow your personal brand, your goods, your talent, your skill to circumvent the globe. He would allow you to be an influencer or a sneezer on social media. He would allow that once you are meek, once you say, and meekness is not the same thing as humility, but meekness is admitting where your strength, where your gifting, where your ability, 
comes from, where your success and where your, 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 your power comes from. And once you're able to admit that, it comes from God. The Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light, of whom there is no shadow of turning. There's no shadow with him. And this is God. He gives the perfect gift to the perfect individual. And I remind it once again of Moses when he said, look, my brother has the gift of gab. I don't have the gift of gab. But, but God was able to convince him, what you do have is what I need to use. And you don't have to talk that much. Let my people go. Just four words. You could take all day to get it out. But I'm not calling your brother because he's gifted and he's got the gift of gab. I'm calling you because of what I put in you. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. You have a piece of me. So that means when God is calling you, he's calling himself. He's not calling you because of what you're bringing to the table. He's calling you because of what he put on the inside of you. And he wants to use a piece of himself at this time, at this. And so uh, you can look at the story of uh, Jonah. When Jonah said, well, I don't want to take my gift and do anything with those people. Absolutely not. And he was running away from God. And God said, hold on one minute. You have this treasure in earthen vessels, but it's not your treasure. And I need this treasure amongst these people. And eventually he made it there in record-breaking time because he began to understand that the call of God was not for his physical body. The call of God was for a specific gift that came out of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellency, look at that word excellence, ex. When you see the sign exit, it means out of, excellency, exit, ex, from out of, cell, the base component that makes a thing, the thing, excellence the process of, the excellence of the power. In other words, the thing that makes God, God, he put that thing on the inside of you so that when he gets ready to use it, he pulls himself to himself, but you happen to be the vessel. He stored it in you. And when he needs that gift to be on display, Here's the benefit, and this is why I love the whole uh, idea of gifted. Here the ben here's the benefit. He's not going to use the gift without the vessel. So that means you get to be used by God. And if that's not mind-blowing, as he's using the gift, he's going to bless you. And this is what stewardship is all about. It's about recognizing that what I have actually it belongs to God. And you know, God gives it to you, but how you give it back belongs, it, it, it's all about you understanding how powerful it is. And now Romans 12 can make sense to you. Present your body a living sacrifice. Now, if I'm dead to sin, why would God want something that is dead? It is because, yes, your flesh is dead, but what is in your body is alive and it's dynamic. And when you present that, you give God right to use you however he wants. Look, my greatest gift is the gift of health. 
So that means that however I can help in the kingdom, that's how I help. I could do everything. And I believe that even if I had to sing, there will be a supernatural anointing for me to sing. But my dominant gift is the gift of help. So whatever God needs in the earth realm, whether it's writing a book, preaching a message, whether it's starting a business, whether it's running a business, whatever he needs, there are gifts that bubbles up on the inside for me to fulfill that task, for me to fulfill that duty. And if it's not a natural gift, God gives me access to the gifts of the spirit. And this is so phenomenal. If I don't have any training, if I don't have the expertise, the moment an assignment is given to me, God gives me access to the resources, the spiritual resources through the Holy Spirit. And that's why your relationship with the Holy Spirit is of utmost importance. You've got to protect that relationship. You've got to nurture that relationship. You've got to have your personal worship, you know, and you will begin to see how your relationship, how your personal worship experience, how your personal devotional experience is really going to benefit you, not just for ministry. Uh, and for most people, that's just a Sunday one hour experience. And we, we, we have all the 168 uh, uh, um, uh, hours in a week. And all of those hours, what are you going to do with the other 167 hours? If you're only spending that one uh, few hour or that one hour with the Lord on a Sunday, but you need to develop that relationship and a moment by moment relationship with the Holy Spirit so that whatever you need, you can receive it on demand. So when we talk about gifted people, we usually talk, talk about those that are uber gifted. So those who manifest giftedness, obviously they have some inherent or inborn factor, plus the motivation and the stamina to learn from, to cope with, and then utilize that. And I think of Venus and Serena. Uh, their father put a, a record ball in, in, in their hand, and though the environment wasn't the best, he set it up. He became their, their mentor, and I'm going to float that, uh, that word for a moment because we're going to find out how important mentors are. And, and he was able to pull a gift out. And it wasn't just those two that just started playing. It was all the sisters, but they emerged from amongst their family as the most gifted and then in the entire world. And that was because, you know, the focus uh, and the motivation that their father started with, and then they eventually internalized it and they were motivated. You see the stamina, you see the dis discipline that they needed in order for them to uh, actually bring that level of excellence to their industry. And we're going to talk a, a little bit more about that in another session. But, 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 but all of the natural talents and gifts that are given, they have to be cultivated. But it's different with the gifts of the spirit. They come up cultivated. You have to be accepted of these gifts and then you have to yield yourself. Why? Because the scripture says it's not by might nor by power, 
but it's by the spirit of God. It's about by the Holy Ghost. It's, it's, it's the spirit of God who dispenses it and he dispenses it, dispenses it, dispenses it based on demand. And the Bible said, desire spiritual gifts. So that means that even if you don't think that you have a spiritual gift, but you need it in order to be more successful, you can desire it and you can have it if that's what you need and that's what you want. But these gifts are dispensed on demand, but it's based on kingdom specific assignments and purposes and duty. So whatever your purpose is, whatever you're assigned to do, whatever duty that God has called you to, to discharge, or it may be in the workplace, uh, you giving a job description um, by your boss, by your supervisor. If you need to discharge that duty and you may not be educated in that area. And I've seen so many people aboard opportunities that had the power to change their trajectory because they were um, resentful of being assigned a job that wasn't on their job description. You've got to understand that all things work together for good. Look at the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. That, that they were assigned that duty, turned straws into bricks. They were assigned that. But what God was doing, he was squeezing those gifts out of them because Jacob, their father, had said to their four parents, look, Jude, you're going to be this. Uh, Levi, you're going to be that. Joseph, you're going to be that. Benjamin, you're going to be that. And then God places them or allows, sovereignly allows them to be in this environment for 400 years to squeeze the gift out of them, almost as if to say, if you could do this for another nation, you could do it for yourself, squeezing the gifts out. And so when we, when we talk about this term of giftedness, it is important that you begin to understand it. And I want to encourage each one of you in your time of personal devotions, study this topic of giftedness, looking at giftedness as a concept and, 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 and uh, take the time because when you deal with a concept like giftedness, is going to demand from you an investment of time, an investment of money, an investment of energy. And it's going to make it so meaningful, especially for those that have the assignment of cultivating other individuals. That's parents, that's educators, that's uh, pastors, just this one area of giftedness. And I think if I had the whole year, I, I, I would not run out of materials when it, when it comes to giftedness. Let me just give you a few more points before I wrap this session up, really digging into the whole idea of giftedness. And my question is, who are the gifted? So, so let's look at it from a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different vantage points because we'll miss it if we only remain academically or we solely remain spiritually. So what I want to do is turn this like a prism and give you different vantage points for you to consider. So academically speaking, and again, I'm going to give you a quote, gifted and talented people are those identified by professionally qualified person 
who by virtue of outstanding abilities are capable of high performance. They are usually identified as children or preteens. Those are children or individuals who require differential, differentiated educational programs or AP programs or you know the programs for the gifted and or services beyond those normally provided by, listen to this, regular school programs in order to realize their contribution to self and society. And this is a quote, Maryland, 1972. And I particularly like that because back in the day, in the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, um, and even in the 80s, we had those that were academically gifted and those that were regular and then those that were, were subpar and schools were divided like that. But in the same report, they said, children capable of high performance, including those who demonstrate achievement or potential ability in any of the following areas, singly or combined. Now, I'm gonna float that as a balloon and I'm gonna throw this all the way back into scripture. And uh, if you would go with, with me, please, to Daniel chapter one. And you could see um, here is a group of young, talented boys who uh, win a scholarship. And they win a scholarship uh, to the University of Babylon. And here's what the academic system says. They had fasted, and this is verse number um, 16 and chapter 1. And at the end of 10 days, their continents appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which, which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus, Malzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine and they, that, that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding of vision and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince, the eunuch, brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. And among them all was found None like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all manners of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and the, the astrologers that were in all his realms. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. And so this whole idea of measuring the IQ is not something new all the way back in Daniel's day, but God gave them an intelligence, an academic intelligence. And what I want you to do, those of you that have children, to lay your hands on your children, your grandchildren, those of you that are in ministry, youth ministry, children's church, lay your hands on them and activate the wisdom and the skill and the talent and the intelligence and, and activate it. And I pray that if you are an educator, that you would encourage the children 
Just like Paul encouraged Timothy, stir up the gifts that is in you. And I pray that you would be a source of inspiration to these children and a source of inspiration. Those of you that have coaching and counseling services, I pray that you would speak in such a way that the gifts are being stirred up in your clients. Those of you that are supervisors, those of you that are middle management, in middle management, I pray that you would speak in such a way that people see themselves as talented and gifted as well. But when we talk about these high performance academically, it's a combination. There is general intellectual ability, specific academic aptitude, creative or productive thinking, uh, critical thinking, uh, leadership ability, visual performing arts, psychomotor ability like painting or drawing. And I decree and declare that, that all of these characteristics will be in display in your children, your grandchildren, and those that you influence. And then if you use another broad definition of giftedness, a school system could ex expect or to identify 10 or 15% or more of their student population as gifted and talented. But because you are an educator and because you are the hand of God, because God is using you to raise up the next industry leaders and the next pastors and preachers and apostles, I decree that you would prophetically speak to them or even lay hands on them if you have an opportunity that you would speak and stir up the creative ability and the productive thinking and the critical thinking and you would stir up the leadership ability and you would stir it up in them and that you would learn that we're all gifted. Now, generally speaking, when we talk about giftedness, we talk about intellectual ability and talent. And I'm going to park that aside because I'm going to come back. I'm going to really going to teach on intelligence. And intelligence, you have the IQ um, score, the IQ test scores that you can use to measure that. And they usually me measure a wide range of ability for general information, also for like high levels of vocabulary, map, memory, um, ab abstract words, knowledge, abstract, abstract reasoning. They're measuring for that. But because you have the mind of Christ and you're going to speak this into your children, you're going to speak it over yourself. I have the mind of Christ. And then, you know, you have these other tests for specific academic aptitudes and talents like the, um, uh, uh, the uh, math and science and engineers, engineering. You know, you have those special tests for that. And a lot of times when we look at those kinds of areas in mathematics and language art and, and they're looking to um, organize uh, themselves to search out for talents, universities and colleges do it. They're looking for STEM, those that are proficient in the area of STEM, science, mathematics, uh, engineering and technology, the STEM area. And we see that um, in the testing. And I decree those of you that are praying, praying about uh, pre, uh, having your own 
private school and your own online school and virtual school and your own preschool. I'm decreeing that God would just place a drive in you and an understanding of you how the STEM is important, the science, the technology, the engineering, and the mathematics, those STEM, um, those STEM subjects are important and that you can distinguish yourself and raise up from out of your com community children that have those as a part of their uh, repertoire. And then you, you, th there's the whole idea of creative thinking, critical thinking, innovative thinking, and productive thinking. That's another ability. And of course, we know that if you have the mind of Christ, he was there in the act of the recreation of heaven and earth in Genesis chapter one, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, they were all present. And we have the whole Godhead bodily living on the inside of you. And all, every Christian should be creative, innovative, and productive. This is not just for students because they can test um, you in that area. It's called the Torrance test um, uh, of creative thinking. And they have the ability to test uh, individuals, but even if you never took the test, then you have the creative nature and you have to understand that every single day you're creating your future, whether you realize it or not. And here the mind can be magnetized so that you can draw to you the skills, the ability, the talent, the resources, the opportunities um, that are necessary for you to hone your skills and to really develop your gifts and your talents so that you are a contributor to the unfolding of God's plan for humanity and making this world a better place. The other area that they test in is they test in the area of leadership and leadership is easily defined as the ability to direct individuals and groups of individuals based on a common goal, the understanding of a goal or an action or a vision or a dream or an initiative, you're influencing people's behaviors. And so when we talk about influencing other people's behavior, especially when we know that there's a huge leadership gap in this world, raising up leaders with specific characteristics like self-confidence and responsible and cooperation and um, cultural proficiency and decision-making and adaptability and flexibility and all of those um, things, they can be measured. And there's a lot of ways that that can be measured. It's called fundamental interpersonal relationships orientation behavior, and it's F-I-R-O-B. And you can measure that as well. And those of you that want to be measured, these things are easy. You can go online and you can get measured for that. Then when we, we add another layer, there's the visual and performing arts. So you get these uh, mega gifted students with talents and arts and dance and music and drama and all of the related sciences. And again, um, there's a way that you can measure that um, because you're measuring uh, psychomotor ability. And this is for gymnasts. And you can look at all the gymnasts. There was once a boy when he was young and from the age of two, he walked on his hands and straight through, he could walk for miles on his hands. And then his mother decided, oh, this child is really gifted because once he turned 15 or 16, it was no longer a joke. And he wasn't doing too well in school until they threw him in the environment into gymnastics. And did you know that he went on 
to win a gold medal. And so these are psychomotor abilities. Uh, you, you get ballerinas, gifted dancers, whether it's ballet, formal, or whether it's hip hop or street. You can look at Michael Jackson. He never took one lesson in, in ballet, but, but look at his ability to move. And so, you know, giftedness is not just um, intellectual, but your psychomotor, how you move your body is kinesthetic, how you use your mind, how you hear what you hear, how you speak, how you talk, how, you know, it's, 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 it, you are, you, you are uh, wired in a certain way that your gifts could find um, expression. And then, you know, people that are gifted with self-knowledge, um, that have emotional intelligence, and then people that are gifted as just plain resilient individuals. And this is fabulous when we think about the whole idea of, of being gifted. And there's, there's a lot of ways when we talk about giftedness, um, it's the way that you interact with the world. So giftedness is the way you're going to interact with the world, whether it's linguistic or logical or mathematical or spatial or musical or um, bodily or kinesthetically or interpersonal or intrapersonal. However you interact with the world is a sign of your uh, gifted, your area of giftedness. And then finally, we come to the whole idea of the gifts of the spirit. And this is where the Holy Spirit can compensate for what you are not naturally endowed with. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 to 28, it says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is of truth, and is not and is no lie, even as he had taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, uh, now little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, you may have confidence, not being ashamed before him at his coming. There are so many people that live in this world, and when they compare themselves with others, they feel ashamed because they feel like they're not gifted. When in fact they are. And that is because they don't understand the fact that when Jesus led captivity captive, he actually reserved the gifts. He dispersed the gifts, not just to believers, to all men, but to ensure that the body of Christ rises up and takes the lead takes the lead in communities, in families, in ministry, and in industry. He made sure that he has this backup generator called the gifts of the Spirit. And in conclusion, I want to remind you that when you look at yourself, when you look around yourself, you have nothing to be insecure about. There are some people whose gifts are being displayed academically are gifts that are being displayed because of their intellect. But many, many others, their gifts are going to be displayed because of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to remember as we bring this section to a close, 
James 1, 17 to 18. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creation. This is truly the treasure that God has placed in all of us. God bless. Our Father and God, we pray your blessings upon everyone that is viewing, that they would begin to understand how gifted they really are. We pray over their children, their children's children. We pray over their employees. We pray over those that they rely on. We pray over their associates, their business partners. We pray, Father, for every human being in this world that you have given a gift, and that's everyone, that they would be placed in the right environment, that they would be given a mentor that would point them inward, that they will be skilled enough, talented enough, convicted enough, comforting enough, and disciplined enough to hone their gifts, to refine them, and to give them back to you for full use. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.